This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, April 10th, 2016. Now what? The promise. Well, good morning, Connection Church. It is absolutely a, a blessing to be with you here this morning. Kind of weird standing in the middle. I'm used to kind of standing over here if you're first time or normally I stand here my wife stands about here but she's not here today obviously she has on a a girls uh, retreat it's called a chrysalis retreat it's a opportunity for girls to get a little closer to Jesus Christ so she's the spiritual director on that retreat she'll be gone for that till the end of the day so today we get to fly solo amen <laughs> amen so today we're going to talk a little bit about Holy Spirit so Tell you what, let's open with prayer and pray to the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I forgot to tell you, I'm Alan Jones. I'm a sinner, and um, I'm in need of a Savior, and I found that Savior in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I, I just uh, would ask you to come, and I know you're already here, but I would ask you to fill us. Open us to God's power. Open us to the Scriptures. Open us to understanding. Open us up to truth. Open us up to uh, being faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And all those gathered here today said, Amen. Well, as we shared last week, things were a little confusing for the disciples following the death and resurrection of Jesus. The question I'm pretty sure they all had in their head would be, and it'd be in mine too if I was there, <laughs> now what? Now what? During his last days and weeks, <clears throat> Jesus had been sharing with his inner circle, the 12 disciples, what was going to happen coming up. Death, all that. He, he was trying to get them tuned in. Now, some of what he shared may have seemed a little bit cryptic, uh, a little confusing perhaps, maybe a little beyond their immediate comprehension. I get that. <laughs> I get that same feeling sometimes, don't you? And I'm going to say an amen to that because if we fully, absolutely understood everything Jesus said, something ain't right. Because if we totally get it, that means like we're on his level. And I don't know about you, but if that's the case, something's out of whack here, you know? Church, we have things called holy mysteries. Holy mysteries. And um, those are things I think... You don't fully comprehend as time goes by, you get, it kind of fills in, fills in, fills in, and you get a better comprehension of it, but we certainly don't get it all at once. Anyway, what Jesus was sharing with them, I don't think they fully comprehended at the time, but that's how it was. In chapters 14, 15, 16 in the book of John, it's a book in the second part of the Bible, the New Testament, the fourth book in, it's one of the four books that talks about Jesus' life and what he said, what he did. In 14, 15, 16 chapters, we read where Jesus took a lot of time sharing with his disciples what was coming, and he offered them assurances that they wouldn't be abandoned, they wouldn't be out orphaned, that he wouldn't leave them to fend for themselves. And at the beginning of chapter 14, this is what he shares. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would have I told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. I find that to be one of the most comforting scriptures. It's probably why we share it at most of the weddings we do. I mean, excuse me, most of the funerals we do. <laughs> Bad slip there. <laughs> Don't tell Carrie. Okay. Um, uh, most of the funerals we do, it just brings comfort to the disciples. They knew he's going to prepare, and he's coming back for them, and we know that too. He's going, you know, heaven, many rooms, and he's got one for me, got one for you. Isn't that cool? And comforting, yeah. <coughs> he told them that they knew the place where he was going. And then you, <laughs> after this scripture, you got Thomas. So we call him Doubting Thomas, and it's because he lived up to his name. Um, and, and he says to Jesus, we have no idea where you're going, let alone how to get there. Don't you love this guy? Because every time we're, isn't it good to have a Thomas somewhere around? If not? Because he's the guy that you said, Man, I'm glad he asked that question. I didn't want to look stupid, but I didn't know. And since he asked, now I'm going to get the answer, and I didn't have to be the guy out hanging out there. Thank the Lord for the Thomases, you know. And then, and, then, and then Jesus told him what the way was. He says, I, Jesus, I'm the way. I'm the way. And I'm not only that, I'm the truth. And not even that, I am the And then Philip, <laughs> well, you know, Jesus, if we could just see the Father. I, I love how this works. Is this true for me? Dad, if you just show me, so then he shows you, well, if you just show me, <laughs> it, never, it never ends. If you just, if we could just see the Father, and, and, and Jesus says, look, boys, it's like this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Give me an example of how that works. If you're new, the, the young lady who was standing right here singing is my youngest daughter, Devin. Now, I mentioned Carrie. She's not here today. But if, if you're new here, if you've seen Devin, <laughs> you've seen Carrie. Amen, Dev? Amen. I'm not telling tales out of class. Devin would agree with that. Okay. So, you've seen me. You've seen the Father, Jesus says. Like father, like son. I'm in the father. The father's in me. We're connected. Disciples are concerned. And for good reason, they're concerned about life after Jesus. They've been hanging three years with him, right? Watching him do miracles, watching him do healings, watching him raise a guy from the dead. They've been walking with him, talking with him. And then they saw him hung, killed. Not only are they a little nervous, but they're wondering, what are we going to do now that he's gone? What we're gonna, what's going to happen? And Jesus then makes them this promise. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, notice that word there, another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of, good. When I go like that, it means you say the word, okay? Okay, good. <laughs> The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be 
you guys are quick. You're a quick study. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. So he promises the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, to those who are connected to Jesus, who love him, keep his commands. The world, the out there, the people who aren't tuned in, they're not going to recognize him, the Holy Spirit, but the believers will. And he tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit will be another advocate. Jesus is their advocate. I'm going to send you another one. An advocate somebody who speaks on behalf of somebody else, who pleads your case. Another advocate. And then several verses later, Jesus again speaks of the Holy Spirit. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, there's that word again, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Oh my gosh, that's, remind me of everything Jesus said. Whew, that's good stuff. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Say this last line with me, please. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Again, that comforting, do not, don't let your hearts be troubled. And here's the thing, don't be afraid. Fear and faith, we talked this, about this a few weeks ago, they do not occupy the same spiritual space, do they? They can't. Do not be afraid. Holy Spirit, Jesus expounded on his promise saying, God the Father would send the advocate, the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit would teach disciples all things and remind them of all that Jesus had taught them. His Holy Spirit has power. I'm talking serious power. I'm talking God power. God power is the most powerful thing in the universe, in the cosmos. And the Holy Spirit's got the God power, and we're able, it's like there's an outlet here called God power, and we're able to plug into that God power. Isn't that amazing? It's mind-boggling. It's unbelievable. Not only that, um, God power, uh, the wisdom. God wisdom, more wisdom than anybody, anything we can even imagine. We're able to plug it in. And truth. Well, God is all truth. Holy Spirit is the truth. Wow. Uh, new, the New Testament, originally written in the Greek, and so this word is, 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 is translated as, as, as advocate, comes from the Greek word parakletos. Now parakletos, as all words, has several meanings, several shades, several, and in fact, if you look at other translations of the Bible, you'll see other words in place of advocate. If you the, the one we're using here, the NIV, I think it's uh, 2011, if I'm not mistaken, but there was one in uh, 1984 that was written. It translates it as helper. Now, helper and advocate are a little different, but they are both aspects of God's Holy Spirit. Parakletos doesn't just mean advocate or helper, but also counselor, intercessor, helper, one who encourages and comforts, one who speaks in defense of. And so he's not just speaking to them, but us as well. If he speaks to the disciples, he's speaking to you too. And so we have this Holy Spirit, our advocate, our comforter, our uh, counselor, our helper, our one who empowers us with God's power, one who, 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 who leads us. It's important to realize here that, that while Jesus says God the Father would send the Holy Spirit, 
It's not like this is something new. Like, okay, here's a brand new idea, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's been around forever. I would say for all time, but it was even before time. Holy Spirit has been there forever and ever and ever. Let's go back to the beginning of Scripture, Genesis 1, 1, and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the first surface of the deep. And the God was hovering over the waters. Right there, verse 2, the second verse of the Scripture. Hovering over them. And it wasn't that he was created to hover over them. Had been there forever and was part of that creation. See, we thought, oh, God, the Father created. No, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit created. Holy Spirit's right there. Same Holy Spirit that we read about in John 14, 15, 16. It's not something new Jesus is promising here. Been there all along. Here's another interesting Genesis verse. Check this out. And then God said, let make mankind in in likeness. See, that's a plural. It's not God singular. It's God we, our, us. Doesn't mean that we believe in a lot of gods. We believe in a singular God. But that God is in three persons. And here again is one of them whole one of those holy mysteries. And some days I feel like I got my brain wrapped around it, and some days I'm going, I'm not sure I'm quite fully getting that, but I'm getting maybe a little closer. Because to us it doesn't make sense. It's either one or three, right? Or somehow they're going to, like, and their explanation is like, okay, uh, we, we try to use analogies like the orange analogy, the peel and the seeds. and the, so, or Here's the, the one a lot of people like, um, water, uh, uh, ice, water, and steam, you know, different aspects of the same substance, but that doesn't really work because ice becomes water, water becomes steam. God the Father doesn't become God the Son. God's Son does not become Holy Spirit. They are distinct persons, and yet they're one. Holy mystery. Awesome. God is in community, always has been. God is a we not an I, and yet it's one God. Called the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus again refers to the Holy Spirit in chapter 15, and he says this. When the advocate, there's that word again, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will about me, and you also must, for you have been with me from the beginning. Again, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the advocate, being one who speaks on behalf of another, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, will testify about Jesus in the hearts of the people. And not only will the Holy Spirit testify, but Jesus' followers, the disciples, will testify. Are we disciples? Yes. What does that mean we're going to do? testify, testify. And it's the Holy Spirit who will empower them and us with the strength and the courage to testify. It's the Holy Spirit who will guide them and us to testify. To testify basically means to tell what you know, what you've seen, what you've heard. How many here uh, 
have ever been in a court of law? Okay. How many have ever seen a court of law on TV? How many have ever heard about a court of law on TV? Okay, everybody's covered here. So in a court of law, when you testify, you remember that a hearsay is not allowed, right? It's not over. It's what did you see? What did you hear? What do you know? And that's what we testify, what we know about Jesus. And it's not all just from reading the Scripture. It's from watching him in action in your life and in the lives around you. Carrie and I and Lori, we get the privilege of, of just watching God in action in your lives, in our lives, and it's just cool because we can testify to what we know, what we've seen, what we've heard of, of, of God in action, of Jesus in action. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to share what we know in order to glorify God and to edify or lift up those around us. The Holy Spirit even gives us the power of love, the power to love those who are even unlovable. Isn't that incredible? That's some serious power the Holy Spirit gives us. And then, then Jesus further prepared the disciples for his death on the cross when he again shared the Holy Spirit. And this is kind of a long scripture Hang with me on it because I was going to shorten it, but it just, it just would not allow itself to be shortened because it was too chock full of stuff we need to be aware of here. But now I'm going to him who sent me, Jesus says. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can no longer, uh, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he'll make known to you. Yeah, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit's all, it's all intertwined there. It's all working together. When cool thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is unlimited. In other words, the Holy Spirit's here with us today, I guarantee you that. And tuned in to each and every one of us individually. It's, it's so funny sometimes we'll do a message and afterwards somebody will say, well, you know, Alan, when you were talking about the blah, 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 man, <coughs> that just rang with me. And I'm going, I don't remember talking about the blah, blah, blah. I thought I was talking about the blee, blee, blee. And then somebody over, says, over here says, well, when you were talking about the blah, 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 I'm going, wow, I remember that. And the two different people kind of heard different things from the same words because the Holy Spirit kind of filtered it for what their need was. Isn't that cool? Holy Spirit gives us words to share and then filters them so that you hear what God needs you to hear. It's a wild thing, isn't it? It's a wild thing. Yeah. 
Holy Spirit helps us to realize the truth about sin and righteousness and judgment, as he said in that passage. And many who know Jesus, a lot of people know who Jesus is, know the story on the cross, know even about the resurrection. Not, they might not even be in church, but a lot of people are familiar with those stories, at least in their head. But they don't have real meaning in their lives, no transforming power. See, the Holy Spirit's able to take that and reveal, bring revelation, reveal the true meaning of what Jesus did, who he was, bring transformation as he helps us to put all of our trust in the one who was crucified as a common criminal. Help us to see, in fact, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Holy Spirit can help us to see what that truth is. I think it's kind of like what happens in springtime where, you know, you, right now you see stuff springing up. You have seeds and bulbs in your yard and other possibilities like maybe dandelions. And, and they're all lying dormant, kind of waiting to be released. And then the heat of the sun and the moisture and some nutrients in the dirt combined to bring these possibilities to full expression that we get to enjoy and celebrate, right? Well, it's kind of like that in the spiritual world as well. We, we kind of lie dormant, kind of ignorant to the power of sin as he was talking here, ignorant to the need for forgiveness and righteousness, ignorant to the need of or to the reality of God's judgment and to the saving power of Jesus Christ. And then that Holy Spirit brings truth and opens our eyes to the sin in our lives. We're, we're probably very aware of the sin in everybody else's life. <laughs> but brings us awareness of our own sin and our need for forgiveness, our need for right living, righteous living on a day-to-day -day basis, opening our minds to understand that God's judgment is for real and opening our souls to our need for a Savior, the Savior, Jesus the Christ. The Holy Spirit brings life to these dormant things in our souls as He reveals to us, allows us to see the truth, not the world's truth, but God's truth. And the Holy Spirit brings us then revelation. Revelation usually doesn't happen all at once, at least not for me. It's not like I go from zero to 200. I get it little at a time as I'm able to handle it. The Holy Spirit brings it as I'm able to understand it, as I'm open to the possibility, as I'm able to handle it, as I'm able to incorporate it into my life. And, and this revelation, God revelation, revelation that God's Holy Spirit brings knows no end. It's an ongoing, lifelong process of seeing and understanding who God is, what God does in our relationship with God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's called sanctification as we get ever closer to being the one God intended when God first thought of us. And as we ever get closer to that relationship with God that God intended from the beginning. Let me share with you a personal example of, um, of the Holy Spirit kind of revealing truth, of kind of unfolding things, helping us to realize things. Um, 
It's back when I was um, uh, feeling called into ministry, but not sure what was going on. Uh, it was kind of like a, a midlife crisis. Some guys get a Corvette, a gold chain, and a blonde. <laughs> I ended up getting seminary. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Four kids wouldn't fit in a Corvette. Um, so before that happened, I'm, I'm having lunch with a friend. He's a pastor friend who also had uh, helped give me some counsel through this crisis. <laughs> And in lunch, I'm explaining to him, I'm feeling, and I'm not sure what it is, I don't, is it, you know, is it God called me into ministry? And he says, so Alan, what's it going to take? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, what's it going to take for God to let you know that that's what the call is? And I said, well, probably, I know with Carrie, when she was feeling, she needed some affirmation, I, probably some affirmation. Well, I said the word affirmation, and it's like I turned on a spigot. It was the wildest thing. I, that, that, that week or whatever, I had an appointment. I was still in the insurance business with a, a couple. He, they were from the Wesleyan uh, background. He had, they had been missionaries overseas. He'd had a church. They, I think they were working in the secular world at this point in time. But we got talking about church world and about my wife in ministry. They didn't know us from Adam. It was the first appointment. But one of them says, so when are you going to follow your wife into ministry? I'm like, that's pretty weird um, uh, to myself because I'm thinking these guys don't know me from Adam. And then the other one says, so what's it going to take? <laughs> I said, well, probably a little more of what you just gave me. <laughs> and then uh, I, I, I found out that some people, uh, there's a process in the Methodist church that you go through to trying to discover this. And some people found out I was in there. I thought I hadn't really shared it with my family yet other than Carrie. I thought, well, if anybody's going to know this, I'm going to tell them. So I told my father-in-law before I'd shared with him when I was going from teaching into insurance, so another career change. And all I said was, uh, I'm thinking about a career change, Lou. Well, he said, well, let me and his wife, Andy, let us write down what we think it's going to be. Okay. And I opened the paper, and one said minister, and the other said ministry. Well, that's pretty wild. And then I was talking to Carrie's sister, Laura. We've always been pretty close. And so I shared with her that I was thinking going to ministry. She says, well, what took you so long? I shared with my younger sister, Susan, and she said, well, I've expected this since we were kids. And then I'm helping carry the other pastor at the church, our home church wasn't there, and I'm just like her hand, uh, set of hands for communion, you know. I'm not saying a word, just lifting the bread, breaking the bread, lifting the cup. And after the service, several people said, so when are you going into ministry, Alan? Oh, that's pretty wild. I'd never gotten those kind of questions before that. You with me? I need some affirmation. Turn on the spigot. Holy Spirit says, okay, you ask for it, and boom, 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 boom. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? You know, the, the Holy Spirit in action. Holy Spirit revealing truth, you know? Kind of like when, when, when the Holy Spirit um, woos us into a relationship. We and sometimes we don't even know what's going on and wooing us into that relationship with Jesus Christ, drawing us in, pulling us ever closer, and we don't even know it. The encourager, sharing God's power, Holy Spirit being the comforter, helping you me somehow know that somehow, some way things were going to be not only okay but glorious in this crazy new walk of life here. 
Let me share with you just a really cool kind of circle around on this story. A few years later, I was on a weekend retreat, like the one carries on, but with adults. In this case, I was the spiritual director for a women's weekend called Emmaus. After the worship service, one of the worship services, a woman comes to me, and she's coming with me to, with the same kind of questions and all that I had gone to that friend years before, kind of feeling a call but not sure. And so I had a real simple question for her. And the question was, so what's it going to take? The irony is her pastor <laughs> was the guy who had asked me that question four or five years previous. Isn't that pretty wild, huh? Well, it gets wilder because, see, I was in what they call a three-point charge in the Methodist Church where you serve three churches at the same time. It's kind of a beautiful thing because it's hard to hit a moving target, you know? So it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing. And, and one of the churches had grown to the point where I was just going to serve there, and the other two needed a pastor then. You want to guess who the pastor they appointed to that, those churches was? was the woman who I said, so what's it going to take? Now, she just recently retired. <laughs> the, the pastor at that church now is a woman who is married to a young man who came out of this congregation into ministry, uh, Rick Wessel. His wife now serves that church <laughs> that that woman served that I had served. Isn't God cool? I just think you just look at how God is just cool. And, and those things work. And they tie in and just, by the time I could tell you another half an hour of those kind of things. But you get the point. The Holy Spirit just makes it work, right? Just cool. So here's the thing. In the next two weeks, we're going to see how this promise that Jesus made to disciples this promise of the Holy Spirit, how it's fulfilled, how it's carried out. We'll see how these disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, given revelation through the Holy Spirit. We'll see the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to them and how they use them uh, for God's glory and for the uh, lifting up of those around them. And we'll see the fruit of the Spirit in their lives and the followers of Jesus Christ. We're also going to explore how that Holy Spirit is working and will work in your life as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. And in the meantime, if you take nothing else away, I want you, I want you to take this away today. Holy Spirit isn't just something we talk about, some far-off concept, some nebulous idea. Spirit is real, absolutely real. Third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is working in and around you at all times. I have people in here sometimes say, oh man, the Holy Spirit was really thick in there today. I'll give you a guarantee. The Holy Spirit's thick in here every day. Holy Spirit's thick in here right now. You might not be feeling it, but trust me, the Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit wants to connect with each and every one of us. That's a guarantee. Trying to connect with us so that we might get closer to God as he develop our relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget the Holy Spirit is your advocate, 
your counselor, your comforter. The Holy Spirit has God power. It allows you to tap into that God power that you're going to need to be the witness that Jesus Christ calls you to be. And so do not fear the Holy Spirit, but embrace him. Do not resist knowing him, but seek his help in understanding who he is and what he can do. Seek the Holy Spirit through prayer. We often pray, our prayers are often God the Father, God the Son. And we might at the end tack on in the power of the Holy Spirit, but how often have you prayed to the Holy Spirit? I would encourage you to, open, to be open to that possibility. Give some thought this week to incorporating prayers to the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. Seek him, invite him in to be part of your daily life and embrace him. Amen? That's the good news. Let's live it, let's believe it, and let's pray to the Holy Spirit. The most Holy Spirit, we seek you. We look to you. We, we look to you as our advocate, our comforter, our counselor, our helper, our guide. We seek you to give us the power and the strength necessary for what we are called to do and to be. Please help us to realize your very presence and be open to that and embrace that. I ask that for each and every one here today. We ask these things in the name of the Father and in the Son and in your name. All those gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.